this is Ruin Willow with the Oh, fuck yeah, with Ruin Willow podcast. I'm excited you're here today. I have an amazing guest. We had an awesome chat, but it is about sex. So if you're under 18, baby love, it is time to leave the podcast now because we're going to talk about sex and relationships and all kinds of yummy stuff. And on my podcast, I talk about sexuality, sex, tips to have better sex, solo and with a partner or partners. And erotica, of course, I talk about erotica, I read erotica. So yeah, writing, reading, talking, narrating all about sex. Oh, fuck yeah. So today, my guest is someone who is a podcaster as well, and she podcasts conversations about sex, relationships, polyamory, being a boss babe, and manifesting the life of your dreams. And you can find her on Instagram, and her podcast is all over the podcast apps as well. So it's actually called the Jennifer Kalo Raskin Podcast, Sex, Relationships, and Business. She's got a whole business side as well. So you can check her out. And she's got amazing talks, amazing conversations. And I believe she's on YouTube too. I'm going to pop over to her website and see what else is going on over here. She's a business, relationship, and sex manifestation coach passionately helping others create the personal and professional life of their dreams. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the conversations about life, love, and business. Common themes include open relationships and polyamory, online dating, and Tinder and manifestation. So you should check her out and you need to stay and listen. We have an amazing conversation. We had a lot of fun. And I was just on her podcast. My interview with her on her podcast just went live a few days ago. So you can check that out. I'm going to put the link to that down in the podcast notes as well. And one thing I want to mention before we move on here is the Golden Pigtails Smut Awards. The nominations for your favorite erotic work, erotic book, erotic narrator, are on right now through tomorrow. You can nominate. I would love it if you nominated one of mine. I'd be so honored. But most importantly, support your favorite erotica author and go there and nominate them, whoever that is. I support all writers and I want all writers to grow. So of course, I'd love for you to nominate one of mine. But if you have a favorite, Go there and nominate them. They'll be so excited. It will be such an honor for them. It's great feedback and it's great exposure for that writer. And then so how it works is the nominations are open through the 21st of January, 2023. And then voting on the nominations starts on February 1st and I believe goes throughout all of February. And then at the end of that, people will win and they will be awarded a golden pigtail. And my anthology that I was in, He Will Obey, we actually won the second 
place for anthologies a couple years ago. So that was such an honor for He Will Obey. We got the silver pigtails. So that was the second place in that category. So that was so exciting. And the Femdom Coven was nominated last year, but did not win. And I have had audiobooks nominated, but I have not won either. But it's so, it's such an honor to be nominated. So go do that because it's almost up. And then you'll get to go back and vote. It's so much fun and it's an honor. And yeah, just go do it. Okay. Now we are going to get into the conversation with Jennifer and we had a blast. Okay. Let's fucking go. Hello, everyone. I'm super pumped to talk to this person. She has an amazing career that spans all these different areas. It's so exciting. This is going to be a great chat. I'm really pumped and excited. Her name is Jennifer Kalo Russin. Did I say your name right? It's Ruskin with a K. Ruskin. Ruskin. How did I make a C there? Ruskin. Because oh, everyone makes. <laughs> I think that's like the Americanized version. Because anytime I travel to Europe, they say Russian. Oh, sure. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) So she is a a relationship and sex coach and a business coach. She has a podcast as well, and she has conversations on sex relationships, polyamory being a boss babe. I love that. And manifesting the life of your dreams. Welcome, Jennifer. I'm so excited to chat with you. Thank you for having me on. I don't get to frequent other people's podcasts hardly ever. So I'm always really excited when I get to show up. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm excited that you are here and can share all your amazing wisdom with us. So how did you get started on all of this? I want to say I've been like very boring most of my life. (laughs) But truthfully, (laughs) like I was raised in retail. So I worked for Walmart home office. I've done the corporate thing. I've worked with mass retailers most of my adult life. I've stepped into my masculinity and worn the power suits and like climbed, clawed my way up the ladder, right? I've done all of those things. And when I first started my podcast, it was a retail podcast. It was boring as fuck. Nobody (laughs) wants to hear about Walmart and Amazon, but I felt some sort of like added a layer of legitimacy to me and my business. Mm -hmm. And most of the people in my field don't have podcasts. And so it was like, no one listened to it, but they were all like, oh, she's the girl that has the podcast. And it it added some sort of legitimacy. So everything changed last year when I decided that my marriage needed to open. Mm. I was like, okay, so let me start with eight years. I've been married for eight years. And something happened last spring, like this veil that was over my eyes suddenly fell. And I looked at my sex life and I looked at my marriage and I was like, what? can I say cuss words? Are you okay with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're, you oh, can. Please yeah, do. So. I was like, what the fuck have I created? Because I've been telling everyone I have this amazing relationship and we have amazing sex. And like, I've created this life that, oh my God, is so delicious. And yes, it was all those things. But I started to see things from a different angle. Like I had great sex because I knew how to give myself an orgasm. 
not because he knew how or even where or like in what way to do that. But like, I always had to be the one to do it. And so Mm -hmm. as I'm talking to my girlfriends and they're talking to me about their husbands and how they have sex for three and four hours Mm -hmm. and how their husbands go down on them for 20, 30 minutes, an hour. Like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I won't even look at my vagina. Like he doesn't even know what it looks like. I swear to God. That's fucked up. (laughs) It's so fucked up. I was just like, I want more than this for the rest of my life. And I wanted him to show up. I wanted him to show up fully and explore with me and then do anything but missionary position. Right. And so we started having these conversations with a polyamorous therapist who was amazing Mm. and helped me understand what was normal and what was not normal. And she helped me craft a conversation to have with him to say, here are my needs. Here's what I want. Here's how to, I'm asking for what I want. And then when he would come back with, you know, a response, how to then respond to that response. Right. So after a series of half a year, I guess, of this, we decided, I decided, like, if you want to be married to me, we have to open up our relationship because I have to experience some things. I went from college to, I was in a decade long first marriage and then almost a decade with my second husband. And I was just like, I can't, like, I need to try some things. And so he was like, okay, if, if, if you're going to, if we're going to stay married and this is what you need, Let's do it. And so we dated separately. I really wanted some really fun stuff. Like I wanted to date another couple together. I wanted us to fuck another couple together. I wanted us to have a way. I wanted us to really like experience open together. And he wasn't about, he didn't want to do that. So we just were differently. And uh, if you want, at some point we can go into some various fun scenarios that I got myself into, which was really exciting. Yeah. And so I'd say that changed everything for me. It changed me in a way that it empowered me to be different Mm. in my life. I saw things differently. I saw relationships differently. I thought, man, we have been fed this story that it's one man and one woman and a white picket fence and two and a half kids and a dog till death do us part. And there's so much fucking more than that to life. And there's so much more of like living life with a partner that wants to grow with you and that wants to let you try things. And so I blew up my podcast. I blew up everything. And I was like, (laughs) "Awesome! I'm not afraid to be vocal. I am happy to be a spokesperson. I'm happy to be bright and shiny. And I want other people to know that there's a different way to live. And here we are. That is a fucking fantastic story. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. It's like you had this big giant epiphany. You know what I mean? Like this big I did. Wow moment. And it's amazing to watch because you know, people that have followed me for the almost decade I've had my own business or been in yeah. retail now for almost 20 years, they're not people that are open and swinging or into polyamory. Like <laughs> typically right. they're very conservative, repressed, yep, yep. very masculine, mm-hmm. you know, and they're right. watching me and they're like, what the fuck is happening with her? But she I love seems that. really happy and like yeah. that too. And so it's been really beautiful, which has created the coaching for me, the coaching opportunity. Yeah, sure. It's been really beautiful to be able to walk some people through opening or right now I'm currently walking a woman through consciously uncoupling 
which we haven't mm-hmm. talked about yet, but my marriage did end and we consciously uncoupled. And it was such okay. a beautiful experience that I love to walk people through that as well. You know, explain that to me, uncoupling. I don't think I've heard that term before. Yes. <clears throat> I'm like, do I have my book with me? There's a book <laughs> called Conscious Uncoupling that is amazing. And I will make sure that oh, okay. if you want the link, you can link it in the notes if anyone's interesting. Yeah, but what yeah. it means is we don't, just like we've been fed the story, that we have to have, you know, one man and one woman and the two and a half kids and the dog and the picket fence. We've also been fed a story that relationships must end in disaster. They must be blown up. Mm. They must be on fire. You must be angry. You can never heal. It's you're ruined. You've had, you know, whatever, all these words, right? And it's not true. It's just like you can open your marriage and you can find love with more than one person. You can also beautifully and lovingly separate from your partner, from your husband Mm. of 10 years or your husband of 20 years or your wife of whatever. There's a way to do it that's really full of love and respect. And and so that's what conscious uncoupling is. It's saying, I love you so much that us being married no longer works and I'm going to set you free. And then watching them detach and then find their perfect person for them so that they don't have to live in, in misalignment either. Right. If you're not happy, they're not happy. And so neither of you are happy and why stay like that? That's, that's a good point. I mean, if you're in misalignment, why, why keep trying to fake it? Why both people are going to be miserable, right? I mean, if you're not in alignment, there's going to be misery on both sides. And I love that. That can be like, you know, just a letting go and doesn't have to be this big giant explosion or sinking of a ship. You know, it's not, it doesn't have to be a tragedy. I like that. That's, you know, obviously both parties are going to have to, you know, full go into that, which I could see that could be an issue where if one is very angry, that that might not happen. We'll be back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by... The Spring Cleaning Champions, Manscaped. This season, make sure the man in your life grooms his carpets and his drapes with the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Have him clear out that winter bush with Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 and watch his confidence bloom like the springtime flowers. Embrace the season and have him join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With our special offer, go to manscaped.com and use code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, for the 20% off and free shipping. Have you ever been doing some oral pleasure and got some hairs in your mouth or your teeth? Well, (laughs) Manscaped can help with that. Try being clean-shaven for spring cleaning. After he uses Manscaped, you can say, "Hmm, let's get some busy with some spring fever in the bedroom. Try out Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. It is an amazing trimmer that features two interchangeable heads, one for taking a little off the top and the new foil blade to go smooth. If you want to go smooth for spring cleaning, make sure you try out Manscaped products. Bring on those smooth skin sexy slaps in the bedroom. And how do you do that? Use Manscaped products to shave clean down in your pubic area. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, all caps at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code RUIN. 
at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in his pants, right? In your pants if you're a man. (laughs) Spring clean your groin area. Try smooth. Try it with Manscaped. I think I think that we're both assuming that the partnership is only two people or two individual people. So even if they decide to have a tantrum or if they have a tantrum and then they, you know, come around, right. you still get to maintain integrity with yourself, maintain alignment True. with yourself and operate from a place of love and respect and dignity, even if they're acting crazy. You don't have to be crazy either, right? Especially if children are involved. So I've now uncoupled twice. The first one was a pretty normal divorce. I feel like I showed up in a way that wasn't nasty. Um, I didn't ask for alimony. Neither did he. I came in with what I left with. We split all assets in half and we Mm. share joint custody of our children. And this has been now over 10 years. So we share them so frequently that it's every two days we see these kids because we were like, we love these little babies so much that we can't imagine being away for a whole week. So we created our own kind of visitation schedule and it's worked. It's worked so well that we live in the same subdivision. He is two streets up from me. My kids can literally walk from my house to his house. How perfect. So it was not perfect and filled with love during the divorce. He was hurt. He was not happy. He 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 was defeated. He got angry, you know, like all the things that are normal for us mm-hmm. as humans to experience. Yes. And yet, like I, I, I would I would put up boundaries. You know, if you're going to be ugly to me, we're going to have to involve a lawyer or a mediator and you'll have to talk to them and it's going to get really expensive. So let's just be nice right. to each other, you know, let's yes. just yeah. be nice to each other for the kids. And so we've had a great relationship for the last 10 years. He's my accountant. I mean, he's all deep in my finances. He helps me run the accounting (laughs) side of my business and pay my employees. And, you know, is in my house almost every day. He was at Thanksgiving the other day. So we've got that first (laughs) husband. And then the second one, but we don't have kids together. And this was just in February of this year. Okay. It was interesting. We were sitting in my polyamorous therapist's office and Mm. she was trying to help us get to the point of deciding whether to stay or leave. And Uh, she looks at at him, his name's Derek. She looked at Derek and she said, you know, Derek, right now it's like you and Jen are standing together at a stream and you can't see what's downstream. In fact, there's a big tree on the other side of Jen and you can't see that there are more aligned women for you downstream. And in Mm. order for you to see that, you're going to have to remove her from your picture and then walk Uh. around the tree. And yeah. so she she painted such a beautiful picture that it was like that allowed him to detach and me to detach and for mm. us to go, you know, we are two totally unique people that have very different visions for our life in terms of sex and relationshiping and what that's supposed to look like for us. Right. And it allowed us to move forward. And so we had a, a very amicable divorce and contested in 30 days we were divorced. We wow. walked in what we walked out with. We split whatever assets we had. And you know, I don't know if you've ever been divorced, but the entangling process can be half a year or even more, even if it's uncontested. You have vehicles and you have the mortgage that you have to refinance and all these things. And even through that, 
we remained friendly to each other. He still comes and gets my kids and takes them to go get pizza. These are not his kids. He helped raise them. But he has no responsibility at this point to our family and he chooses to continue to show up. So I am a firm believer we get to, (laughs) which was like the third part of my introduction that you said, we get to create and manifest the lives that we want. We are fully in control of that. And if we just turn off all the noise around us and we turn off all the stories that society has given us of this is how you behave as a human and you reconfigure what you, how you want to live life, it can look like this. It can look peaceful even in a breakup. It can look exciting and fun and fresh in a relationship with your partner as you open up and explore. It can be whatever you want. That's truly amazing. And I feel like so many people out there, there are people more, they get hurt or they get offended. And it seems like when other people I've interviewed or things I've read, one person wants to do it and the other person ends up hurt. I mean, it seems like a frequent scenario that I come across where, you know, there's, <laughs> I mean, there are some people that obviously both agree and you move forward, but generally, you know, if it's a relationship that's been existing as monogamous and then one person wants to open it up and the other one doesn't, it's just kind of painful. Mm-hmm. I think it can be. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that it wasn't painful for my partner. Sure. <clears throat> what I can say is I believe in conscious communication. So throughout Mm -hmm. the entire process, at least once or twice a day, we would connect and talk about it. So how's it going? How's it going on Tinder? Like, are you getting swipes? Did you find anybody cute? And then we started dating. Okay, how'd the date go? And it was hilarious. We we were in the hot tub one night and we were kind of debriefing each other. I think he had just come back from a date from several towns away, like three or four mm. hours away from our house. He went to go oh, see wow. this woman that he'd never right. met before. And he was sure. telling me this story where he goes, well, you know, I'd only had pictures of her from like above, you know, like an Instagram uh, picture. Yeah, and yeah. he was like, So I guess I never saw a full body picture of her. And I just assumed that she was like a normal sized gal. So he pulls up to her house. She opens the front door and she's like 400 pounds or something (gasps) like completely not what he expected. Oh my gosh. And so he was doing that to people. He was retelling this story and he was like, I didn't want to be a jerk, but then I was like, not really attracted because it wasn't what I thought. And then I was like, so then I just, and then it was a sleepover. So I think they just kind of cuddled and yeah, and spent the night together. But those were the kind of things where, you know, I was like, I want to know, you know, I want to support you. And if you need me to call you and tell you there's an emergency so you can come home, let me know. Right, right. right. (laughs) And so throughout that process, even the hard stuff. Like I remember one time, again, we, we processed a lot in our hot tub. So we'd go out yeah. every morning and every night and the kids were inside and they didn't hear us. Oh, and I remember there were definitely some hard moments as we were opening up our relationship and I was watching him and hearing him date other people. At mm. one point we dated a couple, but separately. So I was sleeping with the husband, mm-hmm. he was sleeping with the wife and he would tell me what they did. And mm sometimes it was things he wouldn't do with me. Oh, now that's just painful. Right? And I'd have and to- why? And why? Feel that. Well, okay. I think there's a lot of men, and I just ran into this the other day with someone I'm talking to on Field, I think, is the app. Mm, okay. 
But he tells me the same kind of thing as my ex-husband. He says, I love my wife so much. She's the mother of my children. And Mm -hmm. while I love watching her being treated like a dirty little whore from the men that she sleeps with, I can't do that. Like she is my blessed mother of my children, wife, right? And so I'm like, oh, it's the Madonna whore complex, which is an angel. Yeah, exactly. You're like this angelic being to your partner (laughs) and they can't fathom smacking your ass with a and flogger. fucking the shit out of you. Yeah. And fucking the shit out of you. Right. Which is what I wanted. I was like, please right. bend me over and do bad things to me. <laughs> exactly. I'm still a sexual being, even though I have children. Yes. Which again, this it's not a it's not a bad thing. If if you're listening to this and that's how you operate and that's how you feel yeah, about your yeah. partner, that's why open relationships are really beautiful because then you get to find a partner then that meets that particular need. And yeah. then your partner that you're with can be loving and supportive and treat you like a queen if you know you're listening to this and you're like us, <laughs> you're a woman. <laughs> and then you can go have a partner that can dom you on the weekends and right. treat you like a dirty slut. Right. It's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody's different, I guess. But then you wonder, like, the men who act like that, they don't have any sort of, like, primal drive or are they just, like, ignoring it? You know what no, I mean? No, because then they can be dirty with other people. So that's what I found yeah. with the ex-husband. He can gotcha. do dirty things to these women. And I'm like, why won't you do that with me? Is there something wrong with right. me? Like, yeah, yeah. He just, I'm wonderful, beautiful queen wife that he would never do that to. It just didn't work. <laughs> didn't work. <sighs> well, it didn't work in that specific scenario because after mm-hmm. a few months of this, I'd say like 90 days, we got through Christmas and then he looked at me in the hot tub, back in our hot tub. And he <laughs> said, what are we doing? And I'm like, wow. I don't I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> this right, is great. Right. <laughs> I can go out and then I can come back and you're still here. And there's like, yes. you know, you're still sleeping in my bed and I can snuggle up with you even after I've yeah. had sex with someone else. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I just don't want this. Like, I, oh, and now okay. this was after a few heartbreaks. So mm-hmm. the women that didn't show up or being on the apps for men, it's very hard on these dating apps. Women are not nearly as communicative or as good about showing up as men are. And, and so, there are pictures apparently. Yeah, some of the pictures. <laughs> and some of them are fake accounts too, or just trying to get you mm. on their OnlyFans. But sure, sure. what I found for all men on dating apps is it's freaking hard. There are way mm. more men looking for women than women looking for men. And so wow. you get discouraged as a man. And I see it happening in like the swinger groups I'm in. I see it happening mm-hmm. to the men that I talk to or husbands of the wives that we might be, you know, having a relationship with, it's hard. And so you go through this period of being really high and excited because someone wants you or you had a meetup or you had sex with someone outside of your marriage or whatever. Right. And then two weeks later, that person doesn't like you anymore and they're sleeping with someone else or they've stopped answering your DMs and then no one's, so then you start to feel like, oh, nobody wants me. And so he went through a couple cycles of this and was like, this is too fucking hard. Like, Mm. I don't want any of this really. Sure. I just want to be vanilla and I want a vanilla partner, wife, whatever. Right. So that's when we decided, okay, this no longer works for us. But the beautiful thing about that is you tried all the scenarios. You tried staying together. You tried being separate, but together. And none of it was working. And so I could see how that would make it be more of amicable, 
parting because you've done all the scenarios and you've realized you no longer fit, you no longer align, as you said. So that makes sense. I mean, and I think that people who are feeling this way in their marriages or relationships, they should try it like you did because it just really is like, it seems like it kind of just like made it clear to him and to you who you were, the people you were, the people you wanted to be, and that, you know, you just didn't mesh. You know, this leads to the conscious uncoupling part and Mm -hmm. divorces can be really hard. And Mm -hmm. the system is set up to screw over one or the other person, right? Right. In our situation, I was the predominant breadwinner our entire marriage. Therefore, he could have gotten alimony. Right. And he didn't ask for it. And I am so fucking grateful. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've watched another one of my friends go through a divorce lately. And this is another conscious uncoupling example of like what you were saying earlier, him being kind and operating from love to disconnect the marriage and her being vengeful and turning the kids against him and like wanting to rake him through the coals, even though he didn't have any money because she's the primary breadwinner. He was given the opportunity to ask for and demand alimony. And he is Mm -hmm. in the state of California and therefore absolutely could have gotten it. Just like my ex-husband absolutely could have gotten it from me. And I advised him not to. Mm. I said, if you want to do this right and you want to be in integrity, she doesn't owe you fucking money. Like go get another job if you need it. Go get a different Mm -hmm. job. But she didn't ask you to leave. You left. Right, Right. true. If Mm -hmm. you're going to do this the right way, then you're going to have to say no to some things that lawyers are going to make look really delicious for you, you know, Mm. like alimony. And so he did. He went ahead and did the divorce. He didn't ask for alimony. He was as amicable and kind and loving as he could be. She still hates his guts and wants to run him over with a car, but at least he can feel right. good, you know, and he's right. in, he's in a different relationship now. And the both the two of them can feel really good and in integrity with the decisions that he made as he separated from her. And being in a new relationship, the new girlfriend is looking at him going like, oh, well, if he's going to do this and be so kind to an ex-wife, I can yes. only assume that if we ever break up, he'll be equally as kind to me. Right. And I I can see the benefit to that too, because then you don't kind of feel like, I mean, like under their thumb, not that you are, but if they're giving you money, you know, yeah, you you don't, wouldn't feel as independent. You'd feel like you were sort of still dependent on this person that you're no longer with. I could see how that that would be a huge benefit. Yeah. And it fully disconnects the energetic cord, right? Mm -hmm, You're like, clean cut, we're done. Love you. Peace out. My ex-husband has been dating the same girl now for half a year and he's so Mm. freaking blissed out. She's been awesome. There's no open relationship. There's no wife asking him to be doing different positions all the time. Like I was Right. like, I can only imagine that he's in such a better place. He seems very happy because he's in such an aligned relationship now. And so am I. So I am now partnered to Scott. Scott was the second man that I met on Tinder when we opened Mm. last fall. He's the one I quickly formed the deepest relationship with. So Ah. I would have overnights at his house when I didn't have kids. And when we got divorced a month or two later, Scott and I, I guess immediately we went monogamous. So I actually Mm. like rescinded all the open stuff (laughs) for his request. We really solidified our foundation into our relationship and spent Mm. the next half of a year only being with each other and only okay. into each other and not looking at anybody else. 
which has been beautiful. He moved in in April. So he's helping me oh. raise the kids. He helps nice. pay the mortgage. She's like, he's like a husband. We're just not married. And it's fantastic. Gotcha. And gets along with the ex-husbands, both of them. Mm-hmm. So it's just been such a beautiful thing to get to create a new reality with the, you know, two ex-husbands still being involved, the kids feeling super supported by all the adults in their life. And they haven't had to say goodbye to anyone because they're all still in their lives, which is really nice. Right. Because I feel like so many people say it's just divorce is so hard on the kids. It's just so brutal. It's just devastating to their lives. And so it's nice to hear your situation where that's not the case. You get to choose. Are you going to be yeah. a, a bitch? Are you going to be a dick? Are you going <laughs> right. to be the, the person that's angry and tears your entire family apart? Or is there right. a different perspective, a different way to look at the container that you've created? And although you're kind of opening it up and changing it and disattaching and reattaching, whatever it is that you're creating, like how can you do that in a way that still supports the family overall, that still supports the kids, that still supports your exes? It's still like, you don't have to completely cut the energy cord if you don't want to. You can still invite them over to Thanksgiving. That's what I did. (laughs) We had my first ex-husband, which is my kid's father, over Uh at Thanksgiving at my mother's house. My partner, Scott, was there. And then my ex-husband, Derek's aunt, came. So we had like this whole little commingled family. And it was mismatch. Yeah. And my kids just felt so loved up. You know, they play board games with them and they're like, my people are still in my life. And they feel so good about the life that they get to still live because the adults in their lives aren't being jackasses and withholding from them the people in their lives that matter. That's huge. This is the way people need to do things. And yeah, I think we're, as a society in the U.S., at least we're fed this thing where, you know, it's supposed to last forever. And if it doesn't, it's this bad, horrible thing. And people are going to be hurt forever. And it's ruined. Everything's ruined. Like you said earlier, you used the word ruined. That's so true. And why is it like this? I guess it's our culture. And the way the systems are set up, right? Yeah. Like everything Mm -hmm. is systemically built for a husband and a wife. And for just two people and their families, but you start to read statistics and I don't have the book in front of me. So I'll make sure again, and we'll include it in the notes, but <laughs> right, I think right. six, it's 60% of all marriages end in divorce. And then once you get to the first and the second and third marriages continues to rapidly increase from there. So as wow. the second marriages, I think it's 50% end in divorce again out of the third wow. marriage, or, you know, the next consecutive one, it's like 70% end in divorce. So the moral of the story is we are probably not going to be married to the same person our entire lives. Like right. if you look at statistics, we're going to be divorced. So think about, nobody wants to think about the end in mind, but have a conversation in your relationship before you even get married. What does this look like? I have followed several married people over the last decade that every few years have a sit down talk and like renew their relationship again, whether it's every three Mm. years or every five years. And this is, this is on top of just once a year having a conversation and maybe on your anniversary of like, how are we doing? Like, what do we need in the next year? This is a, do we want to continue to be married? How can we continue to support each other's growth? How can we continue to stay married? If we want to stay married, do we need to invest in a conference? Do we need to go to a therapist? Do we, do we need to do something fun and freaky and open our marriage up and go find a girlfriend to come? You know what I mean? 
Right, right. And I don't think the majority of people do that, but we should. No, and right. then we would see a lot less divorces because the growth is happening together, or we wouldn't be so surprised that our relationships end in divorce. And then when they do, we've already talked about all of it. We've talked about what it's going to look like. We've talked about how to uncouple and we've talked about how to support each other when it does happen. That's huge. And I feel like the way, yeah, the way it's set up, it's just not that common. And I feel like maybe more and more it's becoming a little more common than it used to be, but it's still, I don't know, death of a marriage. That's kind of what you hear. And it's like, does it have to be a death? You don't have to call it a death. No, we don't. We get to change the narrative. Right. Yeah. Just amazing. And so when you were doing this, when you were getting to this point, how did you get your brain wrapped around all this and start thinking this? Were you reading things? Were you listening to things? How did you get there? I feel like it's just who I am. So even as a young person, like going into my 20s, well, my very first job, I sold Mary Kay. That's where my story starts. And Mary Kay (laughs) talks a lot about put your blinders on and go run your Mm. business, you know? And so I've operated from that principle my whole life, including working for the largest retailer in the entire world and climbing the corporate ladder and getting my MBA and all the things I've done. I put my blinders on. And I don't Mm -hmm. look at anybody else. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. what do I need to support me? What do I need to support my family? What do I need to grow my business? And how can I support my team and my clients? And so I've built a business in a very male-centric environment of retail. Mm -hmm. I've made millions of dollars doing it. And I don't operate my business like a man. I've learned Mm -hmm. a few years ago, if I operate from the feminine and I operate from flow and I allow myself to feel and I allow myself to use my intuition when I take on a new client, when I Mm -hmm. hire a new team member, when I have to have a difficult conversation with someone that works for me or with a client even, things are, they work so much better. And so I just, I've used this law of attraction to attract into my life, husbands and partners and clients and team members. And so I would say it's just who I am. It's how I operate, but I have to be really careful to not listen to the world and get distracted Mm, because I've done that multiple times now in my business. I went to, I don't know if you've ever heard of Vistage. You probably haven't because it's like a very... Mm -mm old white male thing. I joined this group called Vistage. It's like the largest, the largest group. If you wanted to like pay a lot of money to have coaching and be part of these, the men that are in these groups have like hundred million dollar companies. So I was one of the only two women in this group of 20 Mm -hmm. and they kept telling me like, get ready to sell your business. You need to do all these things to prepare to sell your business. You have to do these things to make sure that you make X millions of dollars so you could sell your, Mm -hmm. so like my mind started going, oh, well, I need to sell my business. So these men are successful. They're telling me what to do. All these men are successful. (laughs) They're telling me how to hire people and how to grow massively. And I started doing all of this and I was so miserable. I was making Mm. more money than I've ever made. And I just didn't want to do any of it anymore. Right, right. So I've kind of scrapped my life and burned it up and then rewritten it (laughs) so many different times now. And now that I'm almost 40, next year I'll be 40. I feel like I've gotten Mm. to this point in my life where I'm like, I am what I need. Everything I need is inside of me. And I don't need to listen to fucking other people. Sometimes. Now I do hire coaches and I do (laughs) go to counselors and like, to me, the mental headspace 
and the ability to quickly move through things when they're upsetting or when they're stressful or when they don't feel in alignment, that's also been my key to success is rapidly moving through that with the help Mm -hmm. of communicating with other people. But I no longer pay $70,000 a year to go be a part of some group that's telling me to do something that doesn't (laughs) feel in alignment. Right, right. So the blinder situation works when you think about your own life and what you want to create right? Your business and what you want to create, the Mm -hmm. marriage or the partnership or the having kids or the whatever. Stop looking at the rest of the world. Stop looking at Instagram. Stop reading (laughs) books from people that have written a book in their 20s and pretend like they know what they're talking about. (laughs) And go within and try to figure out, you know, like, what do I want? And then you have the power to create it. Go do it. That is, that is just so fucking fantastic. I love listening to you. You just so, it's just, it's like, aha, duh, that makes total sense, you know? <laughs> what a beautiful way to look at life and to live it and your work and your personal life. You have, you have a lot of amazing good things to say for, to people. And I, wow. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, gosh. So, you said that you've been in the monogamous part of this new relationship. Do you, you said you do plan to reopen? Yeah, we have just reopened, like within the last month and a half. So it's been uh, the last few weeks have been angsty and difficult Mm. and full of hard conversations. For the first time ever, I'm in a relationship where uh, I am learning to just be. I'm learning Mm. to sit in my feminine and allow it to unfold, where typically my personality type is to push, to go, to force it, Mm -hmm. to make it, to manifest it, to put it into reality. And where I want to go jump into the deep end and cannonball and make a big splash, (laughs) my partner is much more conservative. And so Mm, it's been such a beautiful lesson in learning how, I talk a lot about this in my podcast, you only go as fast as the slowest person. And Mm. I'm not the slowest person this time. So I'm yes. fastest. So I have mm-hmm. to kind of rein myself back as we talk about blinders. We have like a horse theme on this one. Right, I know, right? <laughs> so I rein myself back in. Uh, I'm learning all the juiciness that comes with opening. Mm. Like the 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 joy of just having a conversation with another couple, the joy of having your partner's approval to flirt with the husband of the, of right. the married couple. This morning, it was really cute. We, I'm in this Discord group with this other couple that we're dating. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And they're in the same place as us. They have just opened. They've been married 20-something years. They have multiple okay. kids together, and they've mm-hmm. just opened their relationship. So I feel like we're kind of at the starting blocks together. Okay. And the husband and I are doing some flirting. We're also in a swinging group. And so we're also flirting in there. And I stop, and I'm like, I haven't formally gotten approval from his wife to flirt, but we're in this group together. Mm. She can see yeah, us. Yes. yes. And my partner can see us. And I was like, consent is really fucking sexy. It feels so yeah. good to know oh, that your partner yeah. not only is okay with it, but is turned on by you flirting with another person. And so right. I stopped and I was like, I tagged her in and I tagged my <laughs> partner into the conversation. Yes. I'm like, do we have your permission to flirt with each other? Yeah. I would, that's really hot. I'd love to get your approval. Yes. And they both were like, fuck yeah, go for it. We are enjoying this, sitting on the sidelines watching you two. Nice. So 
those are things that I wouldn't have, I didn't experience last fall by jumping and cannonballing in. It's this like yeah, slow, yeah. sexy burn, right? Like yes. you write and read the erotico stuff. It's that living uh-huh, it yeah, in yeah. real life of mm-hmm. like just every juicy little next step of like, okay, what's our next meetup going to be like? Are we going to finally mm-hmm. make it hot tub together? Because I think we're ready. <laughs> You're getting all that anticipation, which is very hot, very intense and very, very sexy. And that is a lot about what when you're reading erotica, you're reading the buildup of these people meeting that, you know, all the pre stuff before they get to the fucking, you know, it's just absolutely fantastic. <laughs> yeah. As women, we want that. We want yes. all the free stuff that leads up to the fucking and the fucking is also amazing, but yes. there's something that gets lost after the first time that yeah. buildup is so delicious. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I have to ask you about jealousy because you know, I feel like when people go into this kind of thing, there's all, someone's always, and the people I've talked to, one of the partners is always maybe, or not always, but sometimes more like jealous. And how do yeah. you deal with that in this? Because it's such a negative emotion. <laughs> it is. Uh, I had a lady on my podcast. Her name is Dr. Jolie, J-O-L-I Hamilton. She's a PhD okay. and her PhD mm-hmm. is in this exact topic of oh, jealousy. Wow. And so she's amazing. If you are feeling these things, go find her because she's an amazing person to listen to about this. But yeah, yeah, I jealousy is a normal human behavior. It's okay. Yes. It's the same type of feeling emotions of passion or rage or confusion, or it's just another one of these strong. things that we feel. Mm-hmm. It's strong. It's emotional. We're humans. We feel it. Um, I'd say everyone feels it differently or there's different types of people that feel it differently. So let's go back to our scenario of me and my partner and the new couple that we're dating, our little quad. Yep. The husband of this other partnership and I are the same. I always joke, we're 12 year old boys. Like (laughs) everything's dirty. Everything's about sex. All we want to talk about is sex. Yeah, yeah. And so we're ready to go. And we are super turned on by our partners being pleased by other people. So we mm. can't wait to get to that stage. Right. Now, yes, yes. his wife and my partner, Scott, are the same and that they are mm. very conservative. They're 25 steps behind us and yeah. they're like angsty about it. And they're jealous, right? right? So she's yes, saying, yes, yes. I don't want my husband sticking you. And he's saying, I don't want anyone sticking you, Jen. And so, okay. Right. So there's like these things that we have to work through, right? But there's absolutely different types of jealousy where they are feeling Mm -hmm. very jealous that there's other people that want their partner. And so there's angst to that. And then him and I are like, we're not really jealous. We're turned on by it. So (laughs) even within the jealousy and being turned on, there is every now and then I'll get a ping. Yeah, yeah. So with my partner, he has a friend that he's had for a long time. And when we first started dating, he would say, oh yeah, she came over and hang out on the couch and watched a movie with me. Well, when I hang out with him on his couch and watched a movie, he was feeling me up. He was playing with my nipples. His hand was probably <laughs> right. on my pants and we were about to have sex. <laughs> right. And right. so I would envision her on the couch and him doing these things to her. And I was like, I don't Wait. know how I feel about this. Jealousy <laughs> would come up for me. And yeah, then of yeah. course I'd sit with it and I would talk to him about it. Cause to me, I have to process through communication and, and yeah. I would say, I'm not angry. I just want you to know I'm feeling this feeling. Yeah. 
So to me, jealousy is normal. And then we have to learn how to deal with the jealousy. And when, especially if we're with a partner who feels it much more deeply than others, it's being patient. It's listening to their concerns. It's consciously communicating throughout the process and then kind of reiterating to them how much you love them and how much you want to be with them. And this other person's just the cherry on top, right? Right. So I don't know what to say other than it's a process. And I think having someone to talk to about the jealousy stuff is really helpful. Don't have it be your partner. Go get a girlfriend, get a therapist, get a counselor, get a coach, get someone that you can like process this with best friend, maybe Mm -hmm. even, but don't, I wouldn't process this with your partner. No, that wouldn't even make sense. Especially if, especially if the jealousy is driving that person who's jealous, trying to get the other person to stop what they're doing. Yes, exactly. That's not going to (laughs) work. They either need to process it and get through it, or you got to be done. Right. I guess. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of different angles to come at jealousy, which again is mm-hmm. why it's really helpful to work with someone that can give yes. you different angles to look at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just shifting your perspective. Like I think about women, how we stand. And a lot of times we, you know, we're on the right hip or we're on the left, which is usually yeah. when we give our weight. It's just perspective. So if we yes. can just shift to the other hip and look around the corner and we're like, this is childhood <laughs> wounding. This is another mm. stuff. Like, okay, right. now I can see what's happening. Or like his root chakra is really not engaged. Why is he feeling so scared? And for, right. for us, it's usually he he's not confident enough yet that I'm not just going to leave him for another guy. So right, we're sure. looking for people that are very married, you know, that are very rooted in their own relationship to add another layer of sure, sure. stability, you know, and then mm-hmm. again, it's the cherry on top. We can live without this extra relationship, but it's fun and adds a little spice. That's some sprinkles, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. And I could see how, you know, that's not like a hookup. You know what I mean? Like this is like a relationship you're having with the other couple. It's not just a, well, we're just going to go fuck in the car and then we're done. You know, like we never see each other again. <laughs> and, and that's, that's a be- different thing. That's because we're polyamorous. If you were a mm-hmm. swinger, you would totally go to a party, go fuck someone and come home, right. which is right, also right. safe. Feels mm-hmm. a little safer probably than even what Scott and I are doing. And we are in swinging groups. We have swinger friends. I have lots of swinger friends. In fact, I did two podcasts on swinging. <laughs> yes, <laughs> my yeah. number one podcast is on swinging. Nice. Um, and we are not swingers, but it's there's just so many different ways to be open. It's another mm-hmm. reason why I love Dr. Jolie Hamilton so much. And one that actually I think in a week or two is when her podcast comes out with me. Oh, okay, we talk nice. about individuation relationships. All okay. that means, because she's got her PhD, so she's super smart. Yeah, yeah. She uses big words. Big words. <laughs> All it means is we get to individualize and personalize our relationships with our partner. Just like consciously uncoupling, we right. get to craft exactly the kind of dynamic that we want with our partner. Even outside of the, I don't know, eight or 10 different dynamics that we've already created in society, like monogamish, yeah. right? Right. There's a whole other one. Right. So yeah, we just, we get to craft it and you can be a swinger. You can be poly, you can be a hybrid. You can be whatever you want, whatever works yeah, for you. Yeah. There's total differences. I agree. Yeah. Cause I, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you though, about that person you talked about jealousy. One time I was having a conversation with someone on the podcast about the difference between jealousy and envy. Did you guys touch on that at all? We didn't. No. Okay. I thought that was such an interesting way. And how did, how did, I think it was a male. He put it like, 
when you're talking about envy, it's like, I'm so envious of you going on this trip. It's not that you want to take something from them or take away their experience. You just wish you were doing what they did. And when it sometimes jealousy can be more like, I don't want you to do what you're doing. I want you to stop and I want that to go away. I thought that was a really interesting discussion we had about the difference between jealousy and envy, which they are very similar, but envy is much more positive and like, oh, I wish I was going on that trip with you. Not, you know, oh, I'm so mad you're going on that trip. I'm jealous. You, you can't go without me. And I thought it was really interesting that he, he that discussion. <laughs> yeah, that is really interesting. And it it is a drastic difference, the energy behind each mm-hmm. one of those words. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, ever since we had that discussion, I'm like, yeah, there really is a big difference between jealousy and envy. And I hadn't thought of it before. So, you know, these conversations I have on your podcast really open up your mind and help you think of things, different perspectives, as we just, you just said a little bit ago. (laughs) Isn't it funny? Just even as podcast hosts, like every time I have a new person on my podcast, I learn something new. And a lot of times it's something I can take into my relationship. And Scott and I will talk about it over dinner or he'll ask me the next day, like, how'd the podcast go? What'd you learn? Right. What I think hire that person. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Person sounds great. You know, and it's interesting too, because, oh yeah, in an interview, exactly. It's interesting to me too, like all the people I've talked to, it's almost, I almost feel like I've taken classes. Like I've learned so much from people that it's like, I've literally like, I feel like I've taken classes on these things and I'm like, no, so much more. So I've learned a lot, just even podcasting. It's amazing how talking to people can change your everything about your whole life and your views and impact your life. It's amazing. Totally agree. So what do you like best about podcasting? Honestly, I think it's being able to provide information for people that isn't really out there. Mm. I'm not afraid to show up and I don't, I'm not accountable to anybody else. I'm my own boss, you know? Right. Um, And so I think it makes a huge difference in how I get to show up in the world. And it also creates some sort of like purpose and accountability for me as a human And I think Mm -hmm. a lot about what is my purpose in this life? And I've always felt that it's to empower others, always Mm. to either empower women through creating their own businesses. We have lots of, on the Amazon and Walmart side of my business, we have lots of clients that are women owned. And so I'm huge into how do we create million dollar, you know, women that are millionaires and Right. In that world is really fun. And how do we create really, how do we bring new, new cool products into the world? Right. But that's an outlet that I've had for years to be able to empower. And now in the, in the personal life, I mean, if our personal lives aren't aligned, the rest of our lives don't feel aligned. If we're not right. locked in and feeling turned on and excited to be with our partners, the rest of your life isn't as good. Your business isn't as good. Your work isn't as good. Your relationship with your kids isn't even as good. So to me, entering this new stage in my life of being able to empower and coach other people into a much better position in their life and in their relationships, that I feel like I'm finally reaching this point in my life that's really juicy, that feels like I'm contributing to something bigger than just putting widgets on shelves. You know what I mean? Mm, Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. And what a wonderful feeling to feel that and know that you're making that difference for people. That's just huge. Thanks. Very cool. And so you have like on your website, you have like different levels of coaching, right? Like you Mm -hmm. provide people and of course I'll put your link down in the podcast notes, but so what is your favorite area to do coaching in? Do you have a favorite area yet? 
I don't. I've done kind of three different genres, one being mm-hmm. how to open your relationship. And the people mm-hmm. that are attracted to me seem to be like married 20 years or sure. okay. the person the person that they're married to is the only person they've ever slept with. So mm-hmm. like babies in opening their relationship. So I, I love to specialize in that way and how to have the difficult conversations with your partner mm-hmm. about wanting right. to open and then how to manage and deal with those really hard the hard feedback that comes back from your partner where they're like, what the fuck? You want to do what What with right. me? Right. How to navigate that. And then, so I would say that's step one. Step two is how to date, how to mm. find other people. So within sure. my website, you'll see I've got a program that's, I don't know, 30, 60, 90 days long where I can take you through how to build a profile, how to figure out who you want to attract, and then how to build your profile around that, how to mm. date, how to avoid the pitfalls of like what the fake bot accounts look like. How do you not mm. get your account shut down? Right. Uh, Tinder actually shut my account down, but I have oh. another friend that shut theirs down too because she had BDSM and kink words in her profile. So oh, yeah, where to go, how to find people, what to do, how to get ready for your first date, how to make sure it's safe, how to have a, an STI, STD conversation. There's so much going on with oh, opening yeah. and dating and having the conversations. And so I feel like I'm a good person to lead you through the first mm-hmm. phases of that. And then I have another partner, his name's Tony, who is really good with like the first five years. He's been open oh, okay. for 10, 15 years at this point. Um, yeah, and yeah. so he can take you through much further than even just the opening part. So I like to start and then hand them off to him when he's ready. And then mm. the third part being conscious communication and, sure. and unconscious coupling. So once you've done those things, if you've decided that it's just not going to work for you, how do yeah. you beautifully and thoughtfully end that relationship so that both parties can move forward? So those are the three pillars that I work with. Oh, that sounds like quite the, sounds like a perfect plan and a perfect way to progress through this type of process for people that are wanting to do that. That's perfect. <laughs> awesome. So do you have any other stories you want to share with us or are you, have you pretty much said it or do you have something juicy you want to say? No, I think, I think for this podcast, that's probably the end of it. We ever want to do another okay. one. I've yeah. done a podcast we called Sexcapades and we okay. talked about super fun and sometimes edgy and sometimes not scary, but like uncomfortable situations mm, that we've gotten yeah, ourselves yeah. into. Um, sure. And so that could be kind of a fun vibe to do. But for yes. today, I think I think this is a good place to close it. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Because we've kind of wrapped up all the stuff and yeah. move on to another topic another time. That sounds perfect to me. Okay. Thank you for having <laughs> well, me thank on. you so fun. much. It was. It was a total blast. I enjoyed it. Will you say your website for us, please? Yeah, I'm jenniferkaloreskin.com and I'll give you the direct link to my coaching. Currently, if you land on my website, you have three different ways to play with me. One is through retail, one is through coaching, and then the third one is through the podcast. So Perfect. choose your adventure. On... <laughs> awesome, I love it. And then you're on Instagram. Is that your main platform? Yeah, I'm on everything. YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook. If you're there, I'm probably there with you. You sound like me. I'm all over the place too. <laughs> Only one I haven't done yet is LinkedIn, which maybe I should do. <laughs> you know, I, I built my contacts on LinkedIn for the last 20 years. I think I have like 10,000 contacts. Okay. So it's just weird. And then I started in the retail space and so I just have left it. Yeah. 
Right, right. Yeah, I have issues too because people like don't like what I do or the words I use being Yeah. Yeah, it's a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much. This was fantastic. And I love it that You're you welcome. took the time to chat with me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You have an amazing day. Thanks. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to that. And it was very interesting, intriguing, fun. It was a great chat. I had such a blast. Don't forget to check out my interview on her podcast as well. I will put the links down in the podcast notes to all of her stuff. Check her out on Instagram. And her podcast is on on the podcast apps. So you can check her out and her coaching services. So many different things that she offers. She offers a wide array of things. So check her out. And I will put my links down the podcast notes for wherever you can find me. I have erotica books on multiple sellers online and audiobooks. And I've started to have some audiobooks appearing on Spotify too, which is a great option to get your audiobooks on Spotify. I love that Spotify has added this feature. What a fantastic thing. You have audiobooks right in your Spotify app. That's huge. That's just awesome, right? And I have codes for free audiobooks. So never be afraid to hit me up. If you see something you like or that you want of mine, message me. I have so many codes to give away for free, so you could get it for free. Okay, and don't forget to go vote in the Golden Pigtails Smut Awards. And I want to thank you for listening to this. And if you want sex toys, go to Get the Ruin Willow discount on my on my website. And there's all kinds of deals there, discounts. Kiro Sex Toys is my my latest edition. And I just got the sex toys from them to try them out. I've done them once and they're fucking hot. They're so good. I love them. So you can get 10% off of those if you use Ruin Willow 10 on their website. So that's Kiro. K-I-I-R-O-O. Back to that. It's K-I-I-R-O-O. They have amazing sex toys for men and for women. So check that out. Don't forget to masturbate. Don't forget to play with yourself and your partner so that you can get those yummy, lovely endorphins going in your body. Stress relief. It will increase your sex drive. So always remember to masturbate. And it's not a bad thing to masturbate if you're in a relationship. It will only increase your sex drive and it will make your sex better with your partner. It will help you learn more about your body, will give you stress relief, enjoyment, more blood flow down there. So go fuck yourself. Seriously, do it. Do it. Enjoy and have sex with your partner, whoever that is too. And if you don't, hey, you got your own self to enjoy. Use your body. You are given it and it's pleasurable. You were given it for pleasure, so use it. Okay, I'm going to get off my soapbox and stop telling you to go fucking masturbate. But you should. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, and you have an amazing, sexy fucking day. I love ya. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck yeah. Ready for some spring cleaning of your beard and groin hairs? Try out Manscaped products where you can get 20% off with my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to get 20% off and free shipping. 
In order to get the discount, use the promo code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to do that spring cleaning to get yourself ready for sexy times. Heat up your spring with a new shave, a new trim. Perhaps try going there. Get more skin smacks in the bedroom, if you know what I mean.